today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Sean Connery, the original James Bond, passed away at age 90, announced over the weekend. Uh, to suggest he left a legacy uh, would be, uh, I think, an understatement, uh, not just as Bond, but so many other things. But he will always and forever be known as uh, the original, in many people's minds, uh, the best James Bond, although that's certainly a point of contention, I guess, with some of the Bond fans. Joining us to talk about that legacy is uh, Professor Robert Thompson, founding director of the Blyer Center for Television and Pop Culture at Syracuse University. Bob, good to talk with you again. Hope you're doing well these days. I'm doing very well. How about you? Good, good. Sad news about Sean Connery, but boy, what a career, and, and, and which did not start with James Bond, but uh, certainly uh, it was, was uh, I guess, the focus and the attention uh, and, and the main part of his career. Um, and what a remarkable uh, uh, effort to, to bring that character to life, the Ian Fleming character to life. Yeah, and not only bring it to life, but he helped kind of uh, uh, evolve the character in Ian Fleming's uh, Ian Fleming's mind. So he really was in the uh the genetic material of uh of James Bond and i think he's always kind of remembered as the definitive James Bond i suppose because he was the first he established yeah. the franchise he did 5 of them and then two more after a brief uh a brief break so it really was everyone that did it after him of course had his i don't know if i'd call it a shadow but certainly had his <laughs> previous uh films um uh present there but uh and we can talk more about some of the other really fine films that he was in besides James Bond but James Bond is certainly his legacy uh but one of his other sub legacies of course is when Daryl Hammond started doing those impersonations on Saturday night live near yeah. the turn of the century um uh, on that celebrity jeopardy and that has really <laughs> had a powerful influence on the way people perceive Sean Connery, especially younger people, not really younger people, but people who were around when that was happening. I don't know how many times in the last couple of days since Connery died have I heard someone doing an impersonation of Daryl Hammond doing an impersonation of Sean Connery uh, on Jeopardy on Saturday Night Live. You know what? I'm YouTubing this afternoon now. You just brought that back. Those, those were incredible, fabulous uh, segments on, on that program. Uh, but he had that larger-than-life attitude. I mean, as Bond, certainly. But, you know... When when somebody gets stereotyped in in especially in a movie role like this, uh, the big challenge when they leave that role is is to to blossom out into other areas. Now, you know, Sean Connery had done other stuff. He did Marnie and a couple of other movies before James Bond stuff came along. But you figure, okay, he's going to be pigeonholed as that uh, forevermore. But he wasn't. He he really did uh, spread his wings and do a, a lot of other stuff after that. That's right. And the interesting thing is, Marnie, and I'm glad you brought up that up because that's my favorite. Uh, uh, Sean Connery performance, uh, Alfred Hitchcock movie. Yeah. He did that while he was doing Bond. I think Marnie That's was right, 1964, yeah. and Dr. No, I think, was 1962. Yeah. So uh, that's even more difficult to sort of escape uh, uh, the velo uh, escape velocity of uh, a, a big, powerful role like Bond um, while you're doing it. Um, but you're right. He, I'm, tr I'm thinking just off the top of my head, Murder on the Orient Express, uh, the Untouchables, of course, he never won an Oscar for uh, Bond. He won an Oscar for uh, supporting role on The Untouchables. Uh, and then, of course, he played Indiana Jones' dad uh, and The Hunt for Red October. Let's not forget yep. that one. 
here's a Russian. <laughs> uh, one of yeah, my favorites. And, uh, that, that was, I think, a very powerful performance. Yeah, great movie. Uh, Alec Baldwin was uh, was uh, uh, the uh, he was Jack Ryan in that. Of course, the Steve the, the Tom Clancy uh, you know, movies and the, the whole series of books about uh, about Jack Ryan. Uh, Alec Baldwin was the first, and uh, and of course Sean Connery was the evil Russian. Actually, not so evil because he ended up being a good guy at uh, the end of the movie. Spoiler. Yeah, alert. that was what 1990, I think. Yeah, yeah. He did another movie shortly after that that I guess was not a huge box office success, but it was a Rudyard Kipling story called The Man Who Would Be King, uh, with Michael Caine and uh, Christopher Plummer was in that too. Uh, it's just a fabulous story, and and uh, it, it was kind of neat because I know that back in the early days, Michael Caine and Connery and, and Plummer. Uh, and Donald Sutherland, as a matter of fact, uh, were all guys with the BBC that did all these, you know, these live TV shows back in the day, and they really kind of cut their acting teeth in that stuff. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so many things there. Uh, right, the man who would be king—that was uh, way back in 1975. He did that, yeah. I think. Uh, I think John Huston directed that. Yes, he did. That's right. Uh, right, uh, and he had all, Connery had also done *The Wind and the Lion* that year, um, and uh, he played Robin Hood with. Uh, Audrey Hepburn as yeah. Marion, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm glad you brought up that bit about those old uh, live TV things. Um, uh, uh, he he did a production of Macbeth for television way back in 1960, I think it was. This would have been a couple of years before he uh, became Bond. Um, and uh, he played Macbeth, and it's one of my favorite uh, uh, portrayals of Macbeth I've seen on uh, film or television. So, uh, yeah, he did cut his teeth on that early stuff. And then, uh, since he's died, I saw an old credit uh, that he was on an episode of the Jack Benny show way back uh, once upon a time. Uh, I can't say that I remember that, but I really need to dig that up. You know, how does it feel for the subsequent Bonds? Because there were a few of them. And you mentioned, Bob, that, you know, he, he took a break and he said, that's it, I'm not doing Bond anymore. Uh, and they ended up hiring a guy named George Lazenby who, uh, who ended up doing a, he only did one Bond movie. It was right. not that good. The lost Bond, right. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, which almost killed the whole franchise, but they brought him back, of course. And then, then Roger Moore, uh, Timothy Dalton, uh, Piers Brosnan, of course, Daniel Craig. Uh, who maintains this is going to be his last movie if it ever gets released after the the pandemic? But you're absolutely right, and and I love Daniel Craig as Bond. If, if, if Sean Connery and, and Craig they're, they're one and one A as far as I'm concerned. As far as the best I Bonds. I agree, I think Daniel Craig is uh, has taken that, and we can talk about the different directions that had to be taken in. But but yeah, there there have been, and it, it, it usually depends on how old you are, who your favorite Bond is. Although it's not exclusively. Uh, generational, but I think it's one of the reasons for the longevity of that franchise is that uh, it was able to evolve, and each time it uh, had a new uh, star in it, they took it sometimes in very different directions. Roger Moore was a very different Bond uh, than Sean Connery was, and of course it had to change because if you go back and not to speak ill of the dead, but if you go back and watch some of those Sean Connery things, and yes, he embodied that character and all the rest of it, but. Watching it in the 21st century, there are moments, especially with regards to uh, uh, his interaction with women, that you think, oh, wow, I forgot about that scene. Um, uh, it, it, he, Sean Connery played that sort of uh, uh, you know, suave, attractive, powerful player uh, kind of the, the, the kind of character that was, of course, embodied at the time in uh, the pages of Playboy magazine. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, that, of course, you know, we evolved as a culture. Our attitudes, especially about uh, uh, gender and stuff, evolved. And uh, in, in, in many ways, those uh, bonds that Sean Connery did are kind of museum pieces now. They can be appreciated for uh, what they were doing at the time, but uh, they've, they've got some issues. Well, they were cutting edge at the time, and you're right, especially from the sexual standpoint. There was the, the business, you know, the, the adventure part of it, and there's always an evil, you know, but it was Dr. No, and then the Blofelds and all the other uh, evil geniuses that, that he had to fight against. But you know, it was it was pretty racy, and there was some, some concern about, you know, the, the kind of rating the movie was going to get and who was going to be allowed to see it. And boy, But it looks a little, you're right, it looks pretty tame these days when you look back at it in hindsight. But at the time, it was really kind of pushing the envelope. Right. Well, and tame on that level, but you're, yeah, it, it wasn't tame uh, for then. But also just, you know, they were called Bond girls and the yeah. way he the way he interacted with uh, uh, them. That, that, of course, has had to change and evolve. And certainly we don't see that same kind of thing in uh, uh, in Daniel Craig. But, uh, Connery himself actually made some uh, uh, comments about women uh, in, in his career in various public interviews, which are uh what's the word a uh, problematic <laughs> yeah it's got him in an awful lot of hot water a number of different times and he got political too i mean uh, he's he's from edinburgh of course and a proud scot uh and uh, and as the debate raged about uh, you know scots independence from the the uk uh, and of course the referendum from a couple of years ago he was a vocal uh, a p- opponent of staying in the uk and for scottish independence and made no bones about it that's right. He was uh, uh, very active in uh, in that. And, of course, the president uh, uh, of the United States uh, just tweeted about him uh, that he was an activist in helping get his golf course uh, uh, built. Uh, the officials there are now denying the accuracy of that tweet, but uh, um, but there's that. Well, he was an avid golfer, but of course he was Scott. So of course, you know, all Scotsmen are, are avid golfers. Uh, but it seems that way anyway. But uh, quite a character, though. And I, I, I'm just as you and I are talking about this, I'm thinking of all these other member Escape from Alcatraz they did with Nicolas Cage. That was a great movie. Oh uh, no, yeah, no, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Uh, there was that one. Of course, he was supposedly the only guy that ever escaped from Alcatraz. Uh, the number of different things like this, you know, that uh, he 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 aged well and and always brought that professionalism and that class to whichever performance he was giving. Yeah, talking about age well, I think People Magazine named him uh, their what's their annual uh, uh, sexiest, sexiest man alive, man alive. Uh, when he was fifty nine or sixty. Um, that was like what eighty nine, and then I think they named him the sexiest man of the century at uh, ten years after that. <laughs> uh, quite a legacy and quite a, a career. Uh, and and you're right. Uh, no matter what happens, you know, if this in fact is Daniel Craig's uh, last Bond movie, and whoever else is going to come in, there's all sorts of speculation all the time about that. Uh, J- Sean Connery's always going to be the gold standard, isn't he? Yeah, I think so, and namely because he was the first one, and he did it for five in a row, and then two, uh, uh, two additionals. So he he really did sort of establish what that uh, character was, and uh, each Bond that came after was kind of is always a conversation with the Bond that had uh, uh, that had come before. But it's it's amazing how this franchise uh, continued. Um, I mean, it was so much in the beginning a uh, a thing of the Cold War. And a lot of people were speculating when the Cold War ended, uh, would would Bond still be able to uh, uh, be able to exist? And they slid right past the Cold War without missing a beat. 
Exactly. Well, they went from you were from Russia with love and the evil, you know, Soviets to, uh, to, you know, to Blofeld and, you know, evil geniuses. And, you know, it was quite a quite a series. And of course, they're long past all the all the Ian Fleming novels. Now, they, they've been used up a long time ago. So they're writing their own stuff. And uh, according to the box office, we're still loving it, aren't we? Right. Yeah. No, there's still uh, uh, that is a, a franchise that I mean, let, let's think about it. That uh, bond started when. 1962, what Kennedy was president of the United yeah. States. That's a great long stuff. time ago. Great stuff and great memories. Bob, always a pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much for the time today. Pleasure's mine. Thank you. Take care. Professor Bob Thompson uh, from the Blyer Center for Television and Pop Culture at Syracuse University, uh, remembering the great uh, Sean Connery, who passed away at age 90 this past weekend. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.